0: What is going on everyone my name is Andy welcome back to another FPL video and this one is some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 8 deadline so I'm going to go through the latest press conference information including injury updates about the likes of Saka, Diaby, Son etc and I'm also going to answer some of your questions as well as running through my team and potential wildcard as well so if you enjoy it give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and make sure to check out Fancy Football Hub all the links you need to get signed up and get your team rated for free are in the description below. All right, let's start off with Bakayo Saka because lots of people have been waiting for an update on him. This is what Arteta said today. He's in contention. That's obviously for the Man City game at the weekend. Let's see how he progresses from here to Sunday. Let's see how he recovers. Now, I'm not quite sure what to make of that. My general feeling is don't completely trust what Arteta says because I feel like he's always trying to throw off the opposition in terms of who's available and who's not. If he had come out and said Saka is just not available at all, I'd probably be sat here thinking, he's going to start, isn't he? He probably is going to start. and He doesn't want Pep Guardiola to know that. And now I'm thinking, is he really in contention? Or are you just saying that so they prepare for Saka and then someone else plays? I think we've got to take what managers say at their word. Because most of the time, they do just obviously tell us the truth. Um, so it does look like he's got the possibility of playing against Man City. And let's be fair. As I've said before, when Saka is available, he always starts. My worry is... How long will he be on that pitch for? If he had a genuine hamstring issue, and it was only a really minor one, I get that, but could that mean he comes off around the 60th minute or something like that? What if he aggravates it in that game? It is going to be an intense match and stuff like that. So I'm still not sure about him. I definitely wouldn't have him on wild card. I wouldn't have had him even if he's fit. I think it's a good time to kind of back against him for game weeks 8 and 9 because it's City at home, Chelsea away. And no matter what you think about Chelsea and how good – Arsenal are and they're one of the best attacks in the league the Chelsea defence has been quite good this year so I wouldn't expect a huge amount of goals in that game so if I'm on wild card, I'm definitely going to go against him I think for my team I'm still tempted to sell because there's a, still a slight doubt there there's a doubt in my mind about how many minutes he'll play and I just think I can go and get someone like James Madison for looting away Fulham at home much better fixtures trained all week no issues in terms of starts and stuff like that I just think that's where I go. I mean, it's a little bit different for me because I'm probably almost certainly going to wild card in game week 10 so I can just get Saka straight back. If you've already used your wildcard, then obviously you need to think about when you might get someone like Saka back into your team. So selling him this week might not be the best course of action. I don't know. I mean generally in a normal week where we've all used our wild card if this were the fixtures that Saka had I probably wouldn't be that worried about keeping him because he's nailed on his underlying stats are good he's on penalties all that good stuff he can get returns in any of these matches but on paper the next four game weeks are pretty difficult for Arsenal outside of that Sheffield United at home fixture so I'm just I don't know I'm just tempted to sell him and I think the thing for me is look Sheffield United at home really good fixture I'm sure we'd all love at least one Arsenal player if not more for that game but as I said earlier this week if you get stuck and you don't have the transfer to bring him in there's other players you can captain that week anyway and Newcastle away is not that easy of a fixture I think the game against Newcastle away last year may have finished nil nil or something like that it was definitely low scoring from what I remember and you can just I think game week 12 is where you really need him Burnley at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton away. That's where Saka really needs to come back in. Obviously, you can frame this loads of different ways, right? Next four game weeks, not great. But if you buy them in game week 10, they've got Sheffield United at home and Burnley at home in the next three, right? So there's different ways you can frame it. But ultimately, I would want him back for 10. I don't think it's a disaster to not get him back for 12. So loads of people are going to ask me between now and the deadline tomorrow, do I think Saka's going to start? Based on what we've heard and taking Arteta at his word, given how big that match is and the fact he always starts i think he probably will my only doubts are in his minutes and because of the fixture that might be enough for me to take a hit to sell him because i've got to deal with my defense which i'll talk about later and i'm still tempted to take the hit to go to madison i don't know let me know in the comments below what do you think is he going to start how many minutes is he going to get All right, let's talk about Aston Villa. Unai Emery had his press conference today. Before we get on to Moussa Diaby, uh, Emery confirmed that Alex Moreno and Jacob Ramsey are not available for the Wolves away game in Game Week 8. Some of you have been asking me about whether or not Jacob Ramsey is worth a punt. Um, Apparently, he suffered a reoccurrence of the metatarsal injury. So if you haven't already bought him, don't buy him. He's injured for Game Week 8. We don't know right now how long he's going to be out for. Moreno is interesting because at one point, it sounded like he might be back the kind of game weeks one or two and it's just continued to roll on and on where he hasn't been available Lucas Dean keeps racking up minutes but what it's worth I think you've probably just got to go for Matty Cash if you're looking for an attacking defender but if Moreno's still out are they going to throw him straight into a game in game week nine even with the two-week international break probably not so if you wanted to take a punt for two weeks on well, an Aston Villa defender and you want to go against the crowd who are pretty much all going Matty Cash, you could possibly go for Lucas Dean instead, but it does probably have a few more risks than just going for the obvious Cash option. And then on DRB, um, late calls will be made on Kamara and Diaby who will be assessed after training with the squad tomorrow. So I don't think Aston Villa are playing until Sunday. Yeah, Sunday at 2 o'clock against Wolves away. So Diaby is going to train tomorrow and then they'll decide. I think that's quite positive i know he missed the game in europe completely on thursday wasn't even in the squad but given that he hasn't been ruled out and it didn't look like it was a major injury or anything like that there probably is a good chance that he does start against wolves then you got two weeks international break then hopefully back for west ham at home in game week nine as well so if you already bought him you definitely stick at this point if you're on wildcard, card that's probably where the tricky decision is i would be tempted to just go with it right because yes okay there's a chance he misses out that would be annoying but given that you're wild carding you should have a bench anyway so the worst case scenario is probably that he comes on for a cameo and then at that point you're just hoping that he gets something off the bench and look I don't know how how bad the injury was or what the current status of him is outside of what has been said but I just got a feeling at this point he's probably going to start so if I was wild carding this week I think I would include him the only way that I wouldn't is if you're really stuck between two players, Diaby and someone else, and you think it's genuinely close, in that case, maybe you go for the player that you know is fit and available. But from wildcard drafts that I've looked at, is kind of one of the key players. I spoke about that earlier on in the week. Salah, Diaby, Madison, Son. Four of those five midfielders are going to be on pretty much everyone's wildcard. So I would probably just include him at this point. If you're looking to buy him i guess it's a little bit different there are probably enough doubts there to just go somewhere else like if you're just using transfers and stuff like that Um, but ultimately he'll possibly play that's all i can say i can't tell you any more than that because i don't have any other inside information it's just what's come out from the quotes and the press conference but yeah if he's going to train again tomorrow and they're giving him every chance to play on sunday I think there's a decent chance it's going to be in that first 11. So, I want to talk about this quote from Klopp about Cody Gakpo because it has a knock on effect for Darwin Nunez, who has become a little bit more popular over the last couple of weeks, especially with game week eight wildcarders. So, this is what Klopp said on Gakpo's injury uh, Cody has a good chance that he will be back after the international break, already out of the brace, walks normally around here. So, from all the very bad possibilities injury wise. We nearly got the best, but he is still injured. So Gakpo's definitely going to miss Game Week 8. Jota's also going to miss it because he's suspended. So I would put a lot of money on the fact that Darwin Nunez is going to start against Brighton away in Game Week 8. That looks like a massive differential. And given uh, the defense for Brighton, I think that looks like a really good pick this week. I just question how good of a pick it is long term. Like Game Week 9, for example, there is a chance that Gakpo could be back. Jota won't be suspended, and Darwin Nunez is going to be playing over the international break. So you can obviously put your own percentage on it, but there is some risk that Darwin Nunez then doesn't start in game week nine, right? That is a possibility. And then once gapo is fit, and you also have Jota there, you've got that same risk for any match. Now, you might turn around and say, well, Nunez is probably going to start at least three of the next four, and there's an outside chance he starts all four. And I probably agree with that and that might be worth it but there's a lot of other good forwards that you know are definitely going to start and this all comes down i guess to risk appetite versus safe picks versus differentials versus explosiveness all those things people talk about if you're and obviously there are some price differences as well to consider but darwin nunez and watkins are only like 0.6 million difference you know watkins is going to start every single game in game week 10 he's got Lewin at home then he's got Forrest away then he's got Fulham at home he probably is and it's boring to say just the more safe solid pick Darwin's the differential that could definitely get you more points but he could also just not start in some games and I know people always say things like well if he starts three and four that's fine but I also know that lots of FPL managers as soon as a player gets benched they start panicking about that player so I know I say this about a few different things we talk about you need to decide or or kind of know what kind of FPL manager you are. Can you really deal with Darwin getting benched, maybe coming on for a one-point cameo for 7.4 million? If you can, you think think he's going to start 80 to 90% of matches and he's just that good, then fair enough. Definitely go for it. But I thought it was good to talk about this because I think Gappo is possibly going to be back sooner than we probably expected. And obviously Jota is an issue as well. So Darwin Nunez is by no means nailed but I do think he's currently first choice number nine for Liverpool. So Manj who held his press conference today. Went through a few kind of updates on injuries and stuff like that. I know a lot of people have been worried about Son in particular. So we confirmed that Solomon uh, is out for two to three months. That's one less player to play on the left. We know that Perisic is pretty much going to miss most of the season as well. He said that Brennan Johnson was close, but not 100%. And they're hoping that he can get fit over the international break. So he is going to miss game week eight, which probably means that Richarlison is going to start in that left wing position if any of you are definitely wild carding in game week nine and looking for a punt in game week eight then richarlison for kind of probably 80 to 90 minutes i reckon against Luton away that does look pretty nice whether or not he's worth a two-week punt I'm not so sure because if Brennan Johnson is back for game week nine there is the chance obviously he plays in that left wing role but if Richarlison impresses again who knows he might keep that spot uh and then went on to say everyone else is okay Son has trained the last two days so he seems to be available I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start as the number nine for Spurs how long he's actually on the pitch for we obviously don't know a lot of that might depend on how the game is going but I think we're going to get at least 70 minutes, possibly even longer, against Luton. And they don't really have a huge amount of options to come into those attacking spots. I mean, at the end of the day, if Son needs to come off, then he's going to come off. But I think the fact that they are a little bit light in attack does look pretty good for us from an FPL point of view. I think in general on Son, it wasn't mentioned in the clip that I saw, but he does seem to be carrying something like kind of... Perm- not permanently, right? But over the last few weeks, he hasn't always been a 100%. And Paul O'Keefe, who's a good um kind of Spurs, a good person on Twitter to follow, right? Because he has a lot of good Spurs info, basically said that he's not always training to make sure that he's okay for the matches and stuff like that. So I think he's probably all right. I mean, while he's playing as a number nine, given how good he is, we probably just shouldn't worry too much in FPL. If he starts missing serious minutes or stops starting, then look maybe then we get rid of him but right now he looks like a great option we're going to talk about captaincy later and then just on James Madison he's trained all week so no issues there either so let's take a quick look at the Newcastle news because I don't think it's anything that we didn't expect so anyhow said the injury list doesn't look great but apart from Harvey Barnes who we know is out for like two to three months um, I don't think there's anything long term there we'll wait and see how Callum Wilson and Jolinton are so they might make the squad for game week eight I guess there's a small chance they start but I don't see why Izak wouldn't be the number nine given that Wilson's only just coming back from injury of course uh and Joe Linton they've got quite a few midfielders they could play instead so I think it'd be surprising for either of them to start if you've got Izak I'd be pretty happy this week uh, and obviously I wouldn't look to bring either of those two in anyway uh, and then he went on to say we have Anthony Gordon suspended which is a blow for us we know he's only going to miss game week eight that's because he's picked up five yellow cards for those of you on wild card, who kind of want to just have him for the long term. I don't see a big issue with that. If you've got someone on the bench, either a defender or maybe Cameron Archer, someone like that, that you could play in game week eight. So then you've then got Gordon from nine onwards. And with Harvey Barnes out, his minutes are going to look pretty good. I don't think it's a guarantee that he starts every single game, but there is a much higher chance of that happening with Barnes out. Um, Yeah, so if you think that Gordon over someone like Pedro Neto is much better longer term... I would pick Gordon, even though he's suspended this week. Obviously, it all comes down to how much money you've got to spend on that slot. And then he also went on to say that Sven Botman won't make it on Sunday. I was hoping for a miraculous recovery, even though it was very unlikely. But he is going to be out for Game Week 8. We don't actually know when he's confirmed back. It's going to be after the international break. So that could be Game Week 9, but it's not a guarantee. So what do you do if you own him or you're on wildcard? I have seen some people on wildcard debate whether or not to have him ready for the longer term but I just don't see why you would do that you're wild carding in an injured player that might not even be back for game week nine which is Crystal Palace at home if you need someone cheap you just go for Dan Burn instead from Newcastle if you've got a bit more money to spend you go for Share or Trippier or you just ignore Newcastle defenders altogether. that's obviously up to you uh, but I wouldn't put him on wild card for those of you that own him like I do I guess it really depends on what your bench cover is looking like so for me I'm going to play Udogi and Trippier but not only do i have botman out i also have stp now now so because he's more expensive i'm probably going to sell him first you might not be in that kind of position right you might have to sell botman now if you've got a little bit of money to upgrade him and you need someone for kind of a bit more longer term say the next five game weeks then i would definitely go for matty cash if you are someone that's looking to wild in game weeks nine or ten then I'd maybe look at Pedro Parry, because he's got Luton away, Fulham at home, very attacking as well. I think as a short-term punt. He's probably better than Matty Cash, but longer-term, Matty Cash is the one that I would go for. Um, If you don't have any money to upgrade, so Botman is 4.7 million, and you need someone at that price or less, then I'd probably... I mean, you could just go straight to Dan Byrne, because I think Newcastle fixture-wise, West Ham away, Palace at home, not bad. Then it's Wolves away in 10, Bournemouth away in 12. 13 and 14, they're both home games against Chelsea and Man United. Let's not forget the Newcastle, one of the best defences in the league. I don't think there's a high chance of a clean sheet in either of those games, but it's not awful, and then it's Everton away after that. So you could just go straight to Dan Byrne. The other options are to go for an Aston Villa defender that's not Matty Cash. And that would be Pao Torres or Ezri Konza, who are both 4.5 million. So that's really your options. But yeah, Newcastle News as expected. Unfortunately, Botman won't be back for game week eight, possibly game week nine. We'll have to wait for further updates. So with SGP out for up to a month, maybe even longer, a lot of people have been turning their attention to Tarek Lamptey, who's only 3.9 million. There were some interesting quotes that came out from Roberto De Zerbi. Now, this wasn't in a press conference today. These were embargoed quotes that came out. Basically, after the game last night, um, and he was talking about Lamptey He said, "I think he was one of the best for us on the pitch, and he did play really well in that European game." He went on to say, "Now the problem is for Sunday because I don't want to take risks with him. He was injured in the last part of last season and the first part of this season. At the moment, it's very tough because we've lost Purvis. Obviously, that's Estupinian." Uh, he then went on to say, I don't know if we can play with James Milner. We have to analyse the Pascal Gross situation because for him, it was his first game after injury. So Gross was injured. He played last night in Europe. Can he play again at the weekend? What position is he going to play in? Uh, and then he ended it with, it is a tough moment, but I think we can play well anyway. So that was just general performance. So I think lampty is the main backup with SGP Nian out. But as De Zerbe kind of alluded to there, he doesn't have a great injury record. I don't think he can play weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek for too long before he starts pulling up with injuries as well. So like I said on the game week preview, I think because of his price and because you're not likely to triple up on Brian anytime soon, you could just put him in and he is kind of a risk-free pick. The only thing I guess is if he doesn't start, he's one of those players that will almost certainly come on like, there are some defenders, like Van Hecker, for example, for Brighton. He's either played 90 minutes or he's played zero, whereas is always going to come on for a cameo. So if you're unsure about whether he's going to start, and he's got a good fixture, that it could be a one-point. That could be frustrating. But again, he's only 3.9 million, so it doesn't really matter. The other thing I think is interesting about this Like, it's a knock-on effect for Liverpool. Who is Mo Salah going to be up against at left-back? Is it going to be a Lamptey that's just played in Europe? Is it going to be a Pascal Gross, who's not really a full-back? James Milner? I'm not sure that's the position you want Milner to be playing up against Mo Salah. So, I think if you are on the fence about captaining Salah, this looks pretty good. I mean, we always... I think, exaggerate how bad a team will be because one player misses out or one player plays in a different position. But in this case, I do think it's a bit of a benefit to Salah that they're having issues in that left-back spot. So yeah, I mean, possible rotation for Lamptey in general in that Brighton side is not really you know anything new. We know Deserby likes to rotate, but it's interesting hearing him talking about it. And I guess this is the same worries I had yesterday. It's all about those injuries. Can he manage this workload? I'd be surprised. right let's talk about captaincy for game week eight and I'll start off with a more general point because in pre-season there would have been a lot of you thinking to yourself I'm just going to captain Haaland every single week that he's fit and I don't think he's a bad option this week I mean on paper for Man City uh, fixtures like Arsenal away Liverpool away they are the toughest games they're going to have all season so the amount of chances Haaland will get in this game are probably going to be more limited versus other games but he's so good he is still going to get those chances. He's currently running at 0.91 expected goals per 90. That's absolutely crazy. So it's not that I think he's a bad option this week. I just think there are better options out there. And given how good he and Man City are, there's going to be limited weeks over this season where we're going to get to go against him. I think when you get the chance, you've probably got to take that opportunity. And fair play to anyone that went Morris last week. So I've got Haaland in fourth place behind Son, Salah, and Madison. I'm still not completely sure about Madison being ahead, just because Harlan's goal threat is so high and he's on penalties. I don't like captaining non-penalty taking players. Although I've got to keep saying this until we find out for sure, Madison might be on penalties ahead of Son. We just don't know. But my money uh, is all has always been on Son. So Madison and Harlan's quite close. The top two for me are Son and Salah. Now, I think just because of the fixture, Son is my favourite captain this week, looting away. I know some people have said to me, do you think he's going to play the whole 90 minutes? Because he does seem to be carrying a little bit of an issue, even though he keeps starting. And I guess given what we've seen so far, no, I probably don't expect him to play the full 90. But if he can get 70 to 80 against that looting defence, there's going to be plenty of chance to score. And hopefully he's on penalties as well. I understand the argument about high lines and low blocks, but I think it's... I do think it's over exaggerated a little bit like don't get me wrong you would prefer if Luton stepped right up on the halfway line Song could just run in behind I get that but when we see Harland against Luton away or Salah against Luton away are we going to be worried about that are those players better against low blocks maybe they are but I'm not sure it's so much better that when Song gets to play that team we're then worried so for me he's the best captain I do think it's pretty close with Salah though and I think Given that Brighton aren't used to playing European matches, they have got some big injuries, especially Esterpenian. The midfield looked awful against Aston Villa. I mean, Pascal Gross, if he can play this weekend, that will be a big improvement to Brighton overall. But I think, given that Liverpool always score because their attack is so good, there could be plenty of goals in this. I'm not expecting another 6-1 like Villa versus Brighton, but Liverpool could easily score two to three goals. And one thing you know with Salah is he's definitely going to start and he's almost certainly going to play 90 minutes. He only played 45 um, in the European game last night. So I think I'm really worried about not having Salah this week. But I think as long as Son is fit and available and likely to start, I'm comfortable captaining him. But if I had any doubts about him, I think Salah is easily the next best choice. I think it's quite interesting looking at his stats this season, though. 0.33 expected goals per 90, 0.41 expected assists. So far, at least... He has been more of a creator than a goal scorer and don't get me wrong or more of a creator than a goal threat I should say don't get me wrong his underlying numbers are still excellent and we're only seven game weeks through right they could easily switch again but I think it's interesting that he's only just ahead of Madison and 0.33 versus 0.24 for Fernandes you don't usually expect Salah to be that low but ultimately it's a really good fixture who knows which left back he's up against he's on penalties he's probably going to play 90 minutes he's right up there in terms of captaincy choices this week so if you don't own son or you're in some doubts about him i'd definitely go for salah then we got madison just because of the fixture loot away. then Haaland because it's Haaland. and after that i've gone for Fernandez which I know is going to look absolutely crazy. But the stats are still looking good. He's on penalties. He's always going to play good minutes. Brentford at home is not a bad fixture. I think he's all right this week. But look, no one's looking to captain Fernandes. Pretty much all of you watching this video own at least one of Son, Salah, Madison, and Haaland. So you don't even need to worry about Fernandes. And then an outside punt on Darwin Nunez because I think he will start. He had a great chance to score last night. I don't know how he missed it. It was such a Darwin Nunez miss, but he gets so many chances. He is going to continually get uh, FPL points or tick over with FPL points. His expected goals per 90 so far are 1.12, higher than Erling Haaland. Now, to be fair, Haaland plays more minutes. Um, so to keep up that level of you know goal threat that he has is is incredibly impressive. But Darwin Nunez is potentially so good. And if you're looking for a punt, then that's probably where I would go. I'm not sure there's a huge amount of options outside of that, like Sterling against Bernard. I don't think people are going to do that. People are definitely not going to do Rashford- at home to Brentford I mean Calvert-Lewin at home to Bournemouth who knows but really it's just those um, kind of top four players that I'm looking at so I'm probably going to go Son but if I had Salah that must be seriously tempting All right, let's get into some of your questions. What should we do with Raheem Sterling? Now, first of all, we need to discuss whether he's even going to start in game week eight against Burnley away because he didn't start in game week seven. Now, Pochettino said that he'd been ill and I think he said he hadn't trained properly for the previous two or three days. So that would probably explain why he wasn't in the 11. But Mudrick started, scored. Cole Palmer started, played well, got an assist. Is there definitely a place back in that team for Sterling? So far, he's always played on the right. And that is where Cole Palmer has come in and played as well. So maybe his minutes are slightly questionable going forward. I personally like to think there is a place for him back in that team. The first game of the season, he played 80 minutes. Every game outside of that, before the Fulham match, he played 90. Obviously, Cole Palmer wasn't always around. But I do think even though Chelsea didn't always do great in attack, Sterling was one of the bright sparks. So I think he'll be back in the 11. If you think differently... That should obviously change how you view what to do with him. But I think he probably is going to start. And because it's Burnley away, I don't think I'll be selling him for a hit or anything like that. I think fair enough if you've got a free transfer and you can move him on. But if it's for a hit in such a good fixture, and I personally think he's going to start, again, I could be wrong. I'm wrong about plenty of stuff. Then I think you'd probably keep him and not take that hit. I mean, Burnley in general have maybe tightened up a little bit in terms of amount of goals they've conceded like the first three games man city villa and spurs all at home they conceded what is that 11 goals in three matches since then one against forest one against man united two against newcastle only one against luton but when you look at the expected goals conceded against newcastle it's 3.13 So there could have potentially been more goals there. To be fair, against Forest and Man United, it was less than one expected goals conceded. So they have changed something there. I know obviously Charlie Taylor's come in and stuff like that. They maybe have tightened up a little bit. But on paper, I'm still not worried if I've got an attacker playing against Burnley. So I think from that point of view, if it's for a hit, I would just keep Sterling. You are going to have to figure out what to do with him after that, though. Because the fixtures for Chelsea, as we know from Game Week 9... They do get a lot more difficult right so burnley away this week but then it's arsenal at home i mean brentford at home in game week 10 is not that bad to be honest if you got stuck with him i guess two of the next three are okay but generally they got arsenal at home in nine spurs away in 11 man city at home in 12 newcastle away in 13 these are tough fixtures so sooner rather than later you've got to get rid of him i think he's fine to have for burnley if you are selling him then obviously it depends how much money you've got to spend if you've got a little bit to upgrade then the obvious players to look at are Son and Madison, right? Luton away, Fulham at home, very good next two. Then they've got Crystal Palace away in game week 10, which isn't that bad either. That is probably where I would look to go. So, yeah, I think for most of you, you've probably got other fires to put out, right? I don't think anyone this week is lucky enough to have no injuries, in which case I'd probably keep Stern. If you've got a spare transfer you want to get rid of him before Burnley, you're a little bit worried about his minutes and stuff like that, Fair enough. So I expect this is a question that lots of people on wildcard are thinking about this week. Would you go for Trippier on wildcard? Is it better to have Trippier and Neto or Bowen and Burn? And when you put it like that and you've got the two players side by side, it does get a bit tricky because... I trust Bowen more than Neto to continue to get returns going forward both of them have done really well so far obviously Bowen is more of a goal threat Neto has been providing more assists and it could be that they both continue to do well in which case Neto is excellent value but there's just something that tells me Bowen is the much better option but then you can say the same thing about the Newcastle players Trippier is the much better option over Burn, but to get that, you need to pay a lot more money, right? More attacking threat in terms of assists. You've got bonus potential as well. Though it's worth noting, Dan Byrne did score again midweek, this time against PSG. What ahead of that was. Um, so it's not like he's got no goal threat whatsoever. So it is quite tricky because it's like one of those things that, let's say you've got a Newcastle defender for another four to five weeks and they both start all those games. but well, they both get the same clean sheet points. So then you're just hoping that Trippier gets enough bonus, enough bonus and attacking returns over those five weeks to warrant having Neto instead of Bowen. so it's quite close for what it's worth when i've looked at wildcard drafts this week and i haven't hit the button but obviously i've looked at it just in case i need to i haven't had Trippier. i've got a lot cheaper on my defense to make sure that i can get the attack that i want i think to get someone like trippy you've got to drop a pretty big player like watkins for example is super popular on wildcard some of you might have the team value to get both and that's great but I wouldn't be able to do that for example especially not going early on the wild card this week. Some people have got rid of Haaland that I've seen. They've gone for something like Watkins and Alvarez up front in a 3-5-2. Then they've got enough money for Trippier. In those circumstances obviously you get him. But if you're trying to keep Haaland and have Salah and your team value's not great or you definitely want Watkins, I think Trippier probably is the one that i would drop but when he's on it right and the fixtures are good for newcastle he's such a good fpl option that's one of the things for my own team this week like obviously people are looking at saying i've got to get salary and etc i completely get that but they're kind of missing that i've got trippy whereas a lot of wild carders have got damn burn and it might be that burnout scores him right but there's also a good chance that, that doesn't happen so yeah I, I don't know he's a really good option i i don't think i would but i think a lot of that is team value related if you can get the rest of the 14 players in your squad exactly how you want them and you've still got room for Trippier there's no reason to exclude him and also if you wanted to sell him later on like game week 11 is arsenal at home 13 and 14 chelsea at home man united at home he's the kind of price where you could switch to like a van dyke and look van dyke doesn't necessarily offer a huge amount of attacking potential and right now you're probably thinking why would i want to spend 6 million on him and i get that But if you want to keep that defensive slot around that price point, or or even Robertson as well, of course, to then get Trippier back later, Liverpool do have some really nice fixtures coming up from game week nine onwards. But I think looking at the Newcastle ones, is West Ham away, Palace at home, Wolves away, and Bournemouth at home are four of the next five fixtures. How many clean sheets in those games? Well, Palace at home, if Eze is out, could be great. Bournemouth at home and Wolves away, definitely a possibility. West Ham away is probably the trickier one out of those four. I mean, look, you can you can frame this how you want, right? I think Newcastle are kind of top three, top four defense in the league. Trippy is one of the best attacking defenders as well. He's a great option for those fixtures. But you could also look at it and say, in the next five game weeks, there's three away games, only two at home, and one of them is Arsenal. So it's not necessarily the easiest fixture run. But I still think if you've got the money. Trippier is one of the best options at the moment, and to be honest, I'm not feeling great about not wild carding. But one of the things that is good in my team is the fact that I've got him. But yeah, Trippier Neto versus Bowen Burn. My instinct is that Bowen and Burn is better, but it's got to be pretty close, right? So, talking of Liverpool defence, here's a question about them. What are your thoughts on Trent? I want him long term. Do I go now or wait until game week nine? I've got Escherpinian for context. Now, if you're having to sell Escherpinian to get out three good defenders and you want Trent from nine onwards, yes, the fixture this week isn't great bright away. but I certainly wouldn't make a transfer to get someone else then to get Trent in in nine. I'd just get him now if that's who you want. My thoughts on him in general are, I think he's one of the best differentials over the next five to six weeks. If we're thinking about players that aren't getting talked about a huge amount, he's right up there. He's pretty much near when he's fit, right? You don't expect him to miss many games. We know how attacking he is. And even though I don't fully trust the Liverpool defence right now, the fixtures are definitely there to pick up plenty of clean sheets. And I spoke about this earlier in the week with Eshterpynian. It's all well and good having attacking defenders, but they do need clean sheets as well. And I think that's something that Trent can provide from nine onwards. Probably not against Brighton because they're such a good attack, But for the person that asked the question, I'd still bring him in. For everyone else, nine onwards. You've got Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away, Brentford at home. So four fixtures between nine and 12 look great. Man City away, definitely tough. I wouldn't expect anything in that game. Then it's Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, Palace away. I think from nine to 16, there are lots of points on offer for Trent. Have I considered bringing him in at any point? not really but it is just a value thing it's a money thing that's it i mean earlier on in the season what was i saying money doesn't really matter but actually money is mattering a lot and i'm going to be screwed over the next few weeks i think but i'm already in the wild card drafts i'm looking at and the players that i want struggling to get in Trippier to get trent it's like another i can't remember how much um trippier is i think he's 6.8 now yeah 6.8 and trent is 7.9 so it's another 1.1 million to find is he that good for me probably not and it's not it's not that he's not good it's just that i think i would rather spend that money in attack and it's a similar conversation that we had in game week one for our opening t- uh, the teams for the opening of the season that's a weird way of putting it in it but you know what i mean right our game week one teams and i know the fixtures were worse but it's the same question right let's say you've got madison okay i know most people don't want um rashford and fernandez and players like that so let's put madison in right i've got madison And let's say Escherpinian is Matty Cash, right? And you can do this for any players you want. But this is just an example. I've got Madison and Cash. Now, Madison is basically the same price as Trent. There's 0.1 in it. So if I want to switch Cash to Trent, I've got to go for a 4.9 or 5 million pound midfielder or below to be able to have that same combination, right? So for those two players, I've got about 13 million to spend if I get Trent I've got to fill the midfield with the 5.1 million midfielder there's just not a huge amount of cheap midfielders that I really want so it's just that combination factor where I'd rather go cheaper in my defense there's lots of good value options and spend that money in attack instead so it's nothing against Trent I think he will be one of the best differentials and score loads of points over the next few weeks but I just don't see where he fits in most people's squads if you're going without Haaland or Salah for example and you want to start cheapening you know uh, a Rashford to you know 6.5 million midfielder whatever it might be then maybe you've got the money and in that case I'd probably look at him but I've just got no plans right now to get him in but to be honest if game week eight is a disaster and I end up rage wildcarding in game week nine then maybe I'll just go for him as a differential but yeah I just it just doesn't really fit into most people's squads I just think that's just FPL in general right now it's not really a thing against him it's just how everything else is set up So, question about Saka replacements. If I sell Saka, I know I should go Madison. I already have Son, though. Am I mad for thinking about a punt? And I love that word for the player that's about to be mentioned. A punt on Bruno Fernandes for the next two. Now, most people watching and listening to this are already saying to themselves, yeah, that would be absolutely crazy right now to go for Fernandes over Madison. But I don't think it is that crazy, right? Let's just say the season had stopped. We just had the whole summer off. Obviously, players are... Getting fit again for pre-season, and it was game weeks one and two, and Fernandez had Brentford at home, Sheffield United away, and Madison had Luton away, Fulham at home. I think you would give the fixtures slightly towards Spurs. I don't think there's a lot in it, but Spurs' fixtures are slightly better next two. But Fernandez's minutes are great, as are Madison's, of course. But he's also on penalty, so I think if this was game week one, there probably would be a closer decision to be made than it probably feels like right now. For what it's worth, I probably would go Madison as well because I think. I don't think he's necessarily playing better than Bruno, but I think them as a team are there's probably a little bit less pressure on them right now. Like Man United are just not getting the results and that can sometimes result in crazy things happening. But I don't think it's crazy, right? Bruno Fernandes is still a good FPL option even if he hasn't done as well as we would have hoped from game week 1. I mean, looking at his return so far, he's actually only returned in 2 games. So he got a goal and assist against Forest. And one goal against Burnley. I'm not going to go through all the other matches where he's maybe a bit unlucky not to have more returns. But he is a 90-minute man on penalties. The big returns can happen at any time, right? And his underlying numbers uh, on the FPL site per 90 are 0.35 expected goals per 90, 0.39 expected assists. He's playing really well. He's creating a lot of chances. I think having Hoyle in there is now a benefit as well. He is getting shots on goal. He's on penalties as well. I, I don't think it's i don't think it's crazy right again i would probably go madison given everything we've seen so far this season but if someone said to me right now i've looked into the future for game week 8 and 9 and fernandez has outscored madison i wouldn't be shocked right it's not like madison is an awful player all of a sudden what i would say is though don't let the fact you've got son change your decision on this right i think you forget that you've got son and just go for the one who you think is best. So if you think Madison's the best, and you're only concerned that you own another Spurs attacker, I would just get Madison. If you just think it's genuinely close, and you want to go a bit more differential, then you could just go for Fernandes instead. But I, like most people who are currently watching and listening to this, like I said, would probably go Madison. Definitely not crazy for a punt on Bruno for the next two, given the fixtures. And also, if you get stuck with him afterwards, Man City at home is tough. But the fixtures for Man United after that are very good. Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away. Five of the next six are decent. Who knows what he might do? Probably nothing, and Madison will continue to outscore him. like I said, I don't think it's crazy. All right, let's take a look at my team. And contrary to what some people in the comments think, I haven't yet wildcarded. Some people think I've secretly hit the button and I'm going to announce it on the deadline stream. But if I go to transfers, you'll see I've got one free transfer, nothing in the bank, and the play wildcard button is still there. I mean, I'm not saying I definitely won't... um, you know, activate it on the deadline stream if I just think last minute, no, I've got to wildcard. But as it stands right now, I haven't. So this is how the team is looking Pickford and goal who's very close to another price drop. And at that point, he'll be 4.3 million. He's got Bournemouth at home. Trippier against West Ham away. Udogi against Luton away. I'm perfectly happy with that. I've got Esther in my 11 because I've also got Botman on the bench injured. And I don't really want to play Kabori against Spurs at home. So I'm definitely going to take. Estepinian out because he's more expensive than Botman. So there's more players that I can get to. Now I've already got two Spurs players who Doggy and Son. So I could get Pedro Porro. But the reason that I'll probably just get Matty Cash is because I want to leave the option open of going for Madison either this week or next week. So my transfer will almost certainly be SGP and to Cash, and I think that leaves me like 0.2 million in the bank. The other thing is, if I do hold out on wildcard until game week 10, and Cash does really well this week, he's probably going to go up in price again over the international break, and I don't want to lose even more team value on that. And it's not like there's a huge amount of great defenders for the next two game weeks. So Cash is probably what one of my transfers is going to be, and I'll just keep Kabori on the bench. Then I've got Saka, who I am... (sighs) I don't know. Like I said earlier, I think he starts. I'm just worried about his minutes. I'm very tempted to take the hit for Madison. I just think because of the fixtures and the slight doubts and the fact he was, you know, has over the last couple of games for Arsenal gone off in some discomfort, even if it's minor, I just think I want to take the punt for the fixtures. It doesn't feel great taking a minus four before wildcard, and I've got to be honest. It almost tells me that I should probably just hit the button. I'm still... yeah, I, I just don't think I'm going to. I'll talk about wildcard in a minute. So I'm pretty tempted to take the hit. Saka to Madison. That would give me enough money to do Botman to cash and keep Estupinian. But I think there's more chance in game week nine Botman's available. And just in case I get stuck again with injuries, I'd rather have him there. But there's not really a huge amount in it. Then I've got Son, who's my captain against Luton away. If I had Salah, maybe there'd be a bit of a decision to be made. But I don't. So it's definitely Son for me. And then the three problems i guess rashford fernandez and imbermo i think with imbermo i said this earlier on in the week him for man united away burning at home nailed on penalties i don't think he's that much worse than someone like james Ward-Prowse, who loads of people uh, are putting into their wildcard drafts so although i'm not particularly happy with him or how he played against forest i don't think i'm i don't think that particular choice is that bad versus what wildcarders are doing? Rashford and Fernandez versus DiAbi and Salah is much more worrying. Like I said for the Madison versus Fernandez question, I don't think it's crazy to expect some points from these two players over the next couple of weeks. But I get given how they maybe and Man United in general have been playing, it's not a guarantee. Brentford at home, Sheffield United away on paper look great, but I can definitely picture man united playing against two low blocks and struggling to break them down and sometimes that can happen right it could be similar to the spurs game right luton will try and and not let spurs score and if that goes on for 30 40 minutes sometimes then the outcome of the game might just be a a small win like a 1-0 but if man united can score early then the whole kind of complexion of the game does that make sense maybe it does but it changes right so yeah i'm not i mean people keep commenting why are you still telling people to buy Man United players? I'm absolutely not saying that whatsoever. And if you've got a midfield that you're happy with and you want to do Rashford to Son or Rashford to Madison, absolutely go for it. I wouldn't sit here and say that's a bad move whatsoever. But I've already got Son. I can get Madison for Saka, who I consider more of a doubt than Rashford and Fernandez. And I can't get Salah without taking like minus 12s at this point anyway, all wild in. So yeah, I'm not particularly happy about it. I'm not happy about taking a minus four i'm just not fully convinced on the wild card yet i don't know i'm gonna have another think about it tonight ahead of tomorrow's deadline i just feel like at this point there were so many injuries this week i want to give it until after the international break if i have to use it in nine after taking a hit then i will i ideally want to hold it until game week 10 and then up front it's harlan and alvarez i mean alvarez a week ago or two weeks ago everyone was trying to get him in all of a sudden i'm not really seeing him many wildcard drafts darwin nunez is popular watkins as well look arsenal way is a tough fixture but brighton at home is not so i'm hopeful over the next two weeks he can get close to what watkins is going to do and then i've got turner archer botman and kabori on the bench which is very rubbish so that is the team if i was going to wildcard look i have thought about this a bit I mean, the, the midfield four I would get, four of the five midfielders are the ones I've already spoken about, where I wouldn't have I probably wouldn't have a Man United attacker at all, even though the fixtures are pretty good. I would put Diaby in there. I'd come back onto the fifth mid in a second. I think because of my team value, I probably would just have to go Ariola and Turner. Uh, in defense, I think Estupinian being out for a month is really beneficial to game week eight wildcarders because there's no guarantee he's back for 10 or 11. And that's two of the good fixtures that Brighton have got that you don't need him for. So I think you can just probably ignore him completely and not even worry about how you're going to get him in right now. I'd probably go for an Arsenal defender ready for game week 10 onwards, but I'm not sure where I would definitely go Gabriel, Zinchenko or Saliba. I think Saliba's the safe pick. Uh, My my kind of gut feeling on the Arsenal defence is... They're going to stick with this current back four white saliba Gabriel, zinchenko it worked really well for them last season but obviously because we saw gabrielle get benched a few times at the start there are some slight concerns there but because of his price he's quite tempting um burn would go in i i think i would drop chip Tri- uh Trippier, even though i'm not completely happy about it, but i'd probably drop him i'd keep Udogi because i've had him since four uh since he was 4.5 million some people might be going for paro perfectly fine with that but I would probably go for Udogi. And then if I put Watkins in with Imbermo and Kabori, who I'd probably actually change to Charlie Taylor, instead of, instead of Lampty I think, I don't know, between Charlie Taylor and Lampty, I'm 0.3 million off being able to afford that. There's some people watching this now thinking, I've got so much more money than you. I can easily afford that. Now, Imbermo could go down to, I think Wall Prowse might have gone up. No, so I can afford Wall Prowse just about. So this is the wildcard team, roughly I could go for Turner and Ariola, Gabrielle Byrne, Cash Udogi, Charlie Taylor, Son Diaby, Salah, War Prowse, Madison, Archer, Watkins, Haaland. But I don't know if I would definitely do that. One one thing I would have in mind is Watkins down to Solanke, also nailed on, on penalties, good minutes, and then upgrade War Prowse to Bowen. And basically go with that combination instead. Because I really like Bowen over the next few weeks. And that also leaves me 0.6 million in the bank. Which would allow me to do Madison back to Saka in game week 10 in one move. And if by then I think that Son is not worth dropping. But could be dropped instead to save even more money. Then I would probably go ahead and drop Son. And just have more money to spend. So I guess that's the combination. I think most of the rest of the team kind of picks itself. But that is the combination I would have to think about. Ward, Prowse and Watkins, or Bowen and Solanke. Now, Watkins has great fixtures from 10 to 12. But Solanke gets to play Everton away this week. We know how good that is, right? I've got Pickford and Gold currently in my actual team. Wolves at home, Burnley at home. Man City away, Newcastle at home, definitely tough. And then it's Sheffield United away. So kind of three, four of the next six are perfectly fine. And if I had to hold him longer term, at least you know he's always going to play. One, I'll I'll end this bit now uh, in a sec. One thing I would say to anyone in this week, if you're still listening, is be careful about how many punts you put in. And I mean, like players you can't be 100% sure are going to start every week. So if you've got Darwin Nunez, fair enough. But if you've also got a midfielder and a defender, or, or two or three other attackers you're not quite sure about, they could all be problems in a few weeks that you've got to deal with. And I know right now your wildcard team looks great. No one's injured, they're all going to play. But look what's just happened this week. All these issues can suddenly crop up at once. So I think with this team at least, look, most of you watching do not want Solanke. I get it. But he's always going to start. So is Haaland. So is Son. So is Diaby. Although this week is obviously a bit of a question mark. So Salah, Bowen, Madison, etc. They're all 100% nailed on. Like, Gabriel's a slight issue, potentially. But that's probably one of the only ones in this team. If I also had Darwin and another player, that's where the issues start to... You know maybe crop up in a few more weeks so that's roughly what my wild card team would look like i think like so many so many of the players pick themselves that if i have to activate it last minute because i don't know let's say we get some early team news that rashford's not starting at three o'clock then i'll probably just activate the wild card and so many of the picks just pick themselves that i don't need to stress about who's going to be in the team and also my team rally kind of helps me with that as well right? i don't have the money to get all these excellent picks in so yeah, on paper, that team definitely looks better. I just really need Rashford and Fernando to perform this week. So probably going to do Estrepanian to Cash and Saka to Madison for a hit or wildcard. I checked my suggested transfers on Fantasy Football Hub. They also think I should do Estrepanian to Cash. So I'm pretty happy about that. If you want to check yours, obviously, make sure you check the links in the description below i'm gonna i'm on the wrong screen now (laughs) there you go it's just the derby thing i'm gonna leave that one there if you enjoyed that make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already if you listen on podcast please do make sure to rate five stars Uh, i'll be back for the deadline stream on youtube tomorrow so it's 11 a.m deadline if i can i'm going to start at 9 a.m because i think it's quite a big week with all the wild carders the latest i'm going to start is half nine so for most of you i will catch you then if not good luck this week and i'll catch you again on sunday for the knee jerk stream